our followers outside of uh, Wallfish Bay or even Namibia. We, we are excited to, to share with you what we, what we believe God is saying to us. Um, it's a cold morning here um, and, and we, everybody seems to be wearing a jacket, but I'm not too fond of a jacket. But anyway, let, let me just share with you again. Um, I'm on this topic of oneness. And, and this morning I want to speak to you on oneness is not sameness. I have shared this message in the past, but um, I felt that I should this morning revisit this, this uh, topic on oneness is not sameness, just to make sure that we, we are all on the same page and we all understand what God is saying. I did in the in last, in, in the previous Sunday, I shared with you on um, hearing what the Spirit is saying. And I, and I spoke about uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, which is such a well-known verse. Um, it says, then, so then faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the Word of God. And that Greek word for word is rhema, which is utterance, the speakings of God. And so it is important that when we, when we um, come and, and listen to the Word of God, and the scriptures that are being given, and when the preaching of the Word of God comes from the scriptures, that we not only listen to the scriptures, but we actually are searching for the, the voice of God, the utterance of God, the speakings of God. It is only when you can hear the voice of God in the voice of a man that you can actually find life, because that is where the breath is. While the Word of God is given to us as we call this Bible, uh, scriptures written down. The Bible does tell us that all scriptures are given by inspiration of God. And the word inspiration means the breath of God is in the scriptures. Jesus did say that my word is spirit and it is life. And only when you can hear him speak and not the, a man speak, then, then you will find life, impartation, breath, strength, grace, and uh, the, the understanding, the revelation. No man can give you a revelation. He can preach from his revelation, from what he has heard. The, the question is, is it being revealed to you as it is spoken? And the revelation is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's not the work of a man. A man can preach what he has understood by the Spirit. You understand as you Lean upon the Holy Spirit to open that unto you. So today I'm, I'm asking you um, not to be gullible also. Um, just take anything that I say. But at the same time to search for the voice of God in what I will be saying. I want you to understand and I felt that impression from the Lord that you need to understand that oneness is not sameness. I think there's some um, misconceptions about oneness or when we do listen to a message that speaks about us being one, um, we, we sometimes misunderstand it because, because we have preconceived ideas about what it means to be one. And I want to say it again, although I've said it now probably the third or the fourth time, I want to tell you that oneness is not sameness. It doesn't mean that when we say we should be one, it means that we will be same, we'll be the same in everything. And in oneness there is diversity, 
Um, there is multiple, uh, there is not only one kind, there is various kinds um, of callings, functions, mandates, giftings. There is such a diverse um, flow and expression of the body of Christ. And we need to understand that though we are diverse, we need to be one. But in being one, we can also be diverse. That means we are different from each other. We are distinct. Um, and, and that is what we want. Uh, we don't want everybody to look the same. So the first misconception is, is that everybody needs to be the same. The, the second uh, misconception or, or sometimes what we, what we think we are hearing when someone speaks on oneness is that we think that they are saying that we all need to forsake our personal calling. And that is not true. In fact, in fact, in oneness, oneness amplifies your our our personal calling. When we can, when we know how to function, not only personally but also as a unit. So, let me let me get into this message and get into some scriptures so that we can so that we can build this thing from the Word of God. So, go with me to. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 4. Verses 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4. So again, please, I, I'm, I, I'm getting all the misconceptions out of the way and addressing those things so that we can listen with an open heart and, and not shut our hearts down and say, um, you know, I have this inward feeling inside of us that I don't want, I'm not interested in oneness because... I have my personal call and I don't want to be like you. In the, yeah, the scripture does say, take heed how you hear or what you hear. For with the measure you hear, it shall be meted out unto you. That means in the spirit, the way that you receive things is by your ability to hear what God is saying to you. And if you have something that influences your hearing in a negative way, then you are blocked in the spirit from hearing what God wants you to say. And you almost need to take out those plugs out of your ears and just come to a neutral place and say, I have, uh, let, me, let me listen and let me hear what is being said so that I can, so that we can actually build this thing called oneness. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 4, it says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but it is the same spirit so diversities means there's different kinds there's various kinds they they, they are dis, there's distinctions in the gifts and and so there is different types of gifts and they are not just one type of gift but though there are different kinds of gifts it is the same spirit that is at work it is one spirit that is at work in the different giftings that are there the, the verses 5 says, And there are differences of administration, but it is the same Lord. Right? So again, there is differences there, but it is the same Lord that is at work. Verses 6, And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which works all in all. So throughout you can see in these three verses that there are that there are huge differences between between people between in the within the body of Christ but at the same time 
It is the same Lord, it's the same Spirit, and it's the same God that works in all and through all. And, and that is what we need to see. So as you go on in verses 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Now the reason for the different giftings is so that every person in the body of Christ can benefit from those diverse giftings. And the reason there is the diverse uh, giftings or different giftings is because in the body of Christ there are different needs. Um, we, we can't all, all say that, that what my need today is, is the same need that you have today. As we are standing right now in, uh, in this moment in time, wherever you are sitting and I'm standing here, I have a need, but it might not be your need. We have different needs. And therefore, the reason for different giftings so that we can meet the different needs that is out there. Um, and, and it is there to profit everybody. And we need to take what we have, the giftings that have been given to us, and see how that they can benefit somebody else. It is meant to serve somebody else. It's not meant to be kept for yourself. It is meant to be given, to distribute. As I've been speaking to you about the economy of grace, and I've been telling you that grace has never been meant for you to keep it for yourself. If you keep it for yourself, it will just, uh, it will just die out. It will, it, you'll feel dead. There's no life in it. It needs to flow. It needs to be distributed. It, you need to give grace. You need to, to go out there and serve somebody. And that's how, as you serve, you come forth in your distinction. Right. So, verses number 8. For to one is given by the same Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Now look what it says here. It says one has, the, has been given the, by the Spirit the word of wisdom, and another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. So I, I perhaps um, have been given the gift of the word of wisdom. Another brother has been given the, the gift of a word of knowledge. They are two different gifts. They operate totally different in their manifestation. In, in other words, in the way that when we function, in it, they look totally different. They sound totally different. They have a totally different focus. And, but at the same time, it is the same spirit that's at work while it is different. And so when the word of wisdom operates through me and I function in it, I will look totally different to somebody else that's functioning in a word of knowledge. He will focus as he speaks and operates in the gift of the word of wisdom. He will tell you about your, what, what's your current problem, why you're struggling with your certain issue, why you're battling with, with rejection, where it came from. And he's revealing all of these things. He has knowledge to the things. And so he speaks of a different thing. I, on the other end, operate by the spirit of wisdom. Uh, as an example, and so I will sit in a situation, um, there will be a problem here, we don't know how to fix the problem, I have no knowledge, I have never encountered such a problem, and in an instant, I get the solution, and all of a sudden, I start to give direction, and give a solution to this problem, out of the blue, I have wisdom to, just to solve the problem, it sounds very different, but it is the same spirit that is at work within both of us, and, 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 and today we get into trouble because when we think of oneness, we think that everybody must function like this one guy 
you know, perhaps who's preaching the gospel. Um, in every church you have somebody that's, that, that's the set man, he's the father of the house, he's the pastor, um, however you call him. Um, he's the main guy bringing the word and so he has a certain charisma to him, a certain personality, a certain way he dresses, a certain way he does things. And when we come and say, you know, we need to be one, then everybody says, but I don't know if I exactly want to be like you. I don't know if I want to dress like you. I don't know if I want to comb my hair like you. I don't know if I want to laugh like you, you know, or I, you know, you have no humor. I, I like making jokes and things like that. You know, we don't have to be, and we, we misunderstand that we think that now we've got to be clones of another person because we do not understand that, that, that oneness is not speaking about cloning ourselves, but it's about all of us being conformed to the image of Christ. We are being one with Him. We look like Him, but at the same time, we can have our different personalities. We can have our different callings, different focus, different things that we like. Um, it, is, it, is, it is normal. When you look at creation, when you look at creation, creation will tell you that God likes diversity. Creation will tell you that God is a creative God. God is always creating something new. And, and it just tells you that God doesn't like everything just being the same. Um, he likes diversity. It is part of Him. But in the diversity, they are all co-dependent upon each other. And they are one with each other. They are working at the same time. So, verses 9, it says, To another, faith by the same Spirit. Again, to another is given faith, but it is the same Spirit that gave him faith, and it's the same Spirit that gave another person a word of knowledge to function him. To, um, and then it says, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Again, the emphasis is it's the same Spirit that's working. It's not just one, uh, though it's different giftings. And and again, when you function in your different giftings, what happens is you look very different in your function. So again, it's the same spirit. Uh, verses 10, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another the diverse kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these, though they are different, all these work that one and the same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. So look at this, how there are such diverse giftings, but it is the same Spirit that is working. And if we can see that, if we can see that we are not saying that you must forsake your personal calling, but we, must, we, we are saying that you must learn how to situate your personal calling within the corporate call of the church of Jesus Christ and, and fit it into that and work together as a unit while we, are, while we use our diverse callings and giftings to serve one purpose at the same, all of us at the same time. So when someone functions, for example, in the gift of healing, you will find that you will operate very different from someone that operates in the workings of miracles. The, the, the gift says, the Bible says, it's the working of miracles. So with a miracle, you need to work it. That's why somebody will come along 
um, he's lame, he doesn't need a healing, he needs a miracle. So that person will then say to him, he will come and say, listen, get up, take your bed and walk. That's a working of miracles. Or take my hand, pull him up, and he works the miracle. Um, uh, Jesus will say to Peter, come out of the boat, walk on water. He's working a miracle. But someone with the gift of healing will come along and you will have a disease, you'll be sick, he'll lay your hand on you and he'll pray for you and so on and you will find all of a sudden you get healed. But they function and when they look and they're functioning, it's totally different. So it is fine to be different, right? But at the same time, we need to understand that it needs to be the same spirit. We need to have, the, the there is a oneness that is there. And, uh, and, and when we can see that. Now, if you go to verses 12 of the same chapter, it says, For as the body is one, and as many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. So now he's saying, now, this scripture is telling you that while there are different giftings and while we all have different callings and while we all have inside of us a different passion for what we want to do for Christ, some want to sing songs for Christ, others want to reach the lost for Christ, others want to reach the orphans for Christ, others, others want to reach out to prostitutes, others want to go into, wants to become a lawyer so they can get rid of a of oppression and corruption um, legally and he has a passion for it another one has a passion for politics and he, and he feels that God is calling him into politics it is diverse but yet the scripture is saying you but you must understand that you have been baptized into a body that though there are many members you are part of one body you are not an individual you are part of a group, a many-membered body. And this is what it is saying. Though we are many and though we are diverse, we must understand that we are one body. One body. And, and verses 13 says it so beautifully. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. And, and so what this means is that all of us who have given our life to Christ, we have been immersed we have been placed in a body. And so we should not function in isolation, independence, but we should must function within a body. A body is where we must function in. And, and, the, and, and today in the body of Christ, people like to function in isolation. But isolation is, though you are strong in what you're doing, it, there is also a measure of weakness to that, to that and and so you need to understand that you have been baptized into a body. You are not independent. You're not supposed to be isolated. You are supposed to be part of a body, part of a group. Um, you must assemble yourselves together. The reason why sometimes people want to go for the isolation and independence, there are many different reasons, but I'll give one reason related to what I'm saying now, is when we feel that our personal calling and who, how God has gifted us and how we desire to express ourselves and we misunderstand that we all need to be the same in terms of giftings, callings and mandates and our functions and our passions and desires, we somehow feel that I, you are being suffocated because there's a misunderstanding. 
The misunderstanding is causing you to be suffocated, frustrated, and you say, but I don't want to be like this. But nobody said you have to be like that. It's a misunderstanding. Um, somebody likes to uh, do paintings, you know. Um, they love it. Uh, I don't love that. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't have a problem. If I come, if I walk in the street and I see somebody there on the, on the street and he's, he's walking, he doesn't have clothes and he's asking somebody for bread and he has no money and I, my, my tears won't, my, I won't, I won't shed any tears for that. Um, that may sound to you um, like, how can you say something like that? But let me tell you, if I'm walking with another brother and this brother of mine looks at that and he weeps for that. And why? Because he, he is the one that has that passion. I don't weep for that. But I can tell you where I weep. I weep, I weep sometimes when I, when I look at people that I'm trying to help them come into their calling and I see them struggle. And I see that they're meant to be somebody in life. And I can see the calling and the destiny that's upon their life. And they're struggling and they're making mistakes. You know, and they get into trouble for the mistakes they made. I weep for that. And, 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 and the people within our household, within KGM family, they have witnessed my tears for people that, are, that have made mistakes. Uh, because that's my passion. That's where I weep for that. Another person won't weep for that. Why? Because we are diverse. This is how we fill the gaps. Without a diversity, we will not be able to meet all the different needs that are there. And, and if everybody is just, say for example, like me in that area, nobody will reach out to the guy that's on the street that does, that's got no food and has got no money, has got no job, who will reach out to him? But the one that God has mandated to reach him. But in that, we, if he reaches them, it is us reaching them. Today, we, we, we struggle. We struggle to, to honor each other. We struggle to recognize each other. Um, because, because we are not developing ourselves. You know where envy comes from. And, and the word envy is, is different from jealousy. A jealousy is when what you possess and someone threatens to take what you possess. So, for example, that's why jealousy always comes up in, in the area of marriage. Um, you are jealous over your wife. You are jealous over, over your husband. Or God would say to you, I am a jealous God. Why? Because you belong to Him. He bought you. Uh, he delivered you. You are His. And whenever there's another idol or another God in your life, then God becomes jealous. And He's jealous not because, because, uh, because he, He's possessive. He's jealous because of His intense love for you. It is only when you love what is yours and it seems to be threatened that you move for jealousy. So it is fueled because of the love that you have. Anything that you don't love and you don't really care about and somebody will take it and say, ah, let him just take it. I don't care. Right? But envy, envy is when what is happening to another brother that is not happening to you, another brother of yours, another sister of yours, they are being blessed, they are being recognized, people are praising them, and they're using their giftings, and they're doing what God has called them to do, and as they do that, they're becoming more noticed, and, and they're having an impact, and when you see that, uh, you have a feeling of displeasure within your heart. That's called envy. 
Envy has to do with how somebody else is being blessed. Jealousy has to do with what, with what is yours and how you feel it is threatened. And then you become jealous. Now, in the body of Christ, we struggle with envy. Why? Because we don't come forth in our distinction. We don't make an effort to find out who we are. We don't make an effort to find our personal calling, our, our personal uh, mandate, um, giftings, where God wants to use us. Discover yourself. Discover who you are. And, and as you discover them and you, and you develop yourself and you make yourself skillful in who you are, what happens is you begin to arise. You begin to come forth. And then you begin to become satisfied with, with what's happening in your life. And then it, you, you, you are able to rejoice with others because you are also coming forth. And so I need to, I need to say this, that, that you, need to, you need to develop yourself. You need to focus upon yourself, while at the same time you need to understand that you belong to a body. You belong to, to a family. You are part of the family of God. Right? So in verses 14... It now goes on in the same chapter. For the body is not one member, but it is many. Okay? So, again, while he's saying there's one body, don't go and misunderstand and the, 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 this, this point and think, okay, if we have to be one, then the whole body has, is to be like one member. This is what he's saying here. The body is not one member, but many. In other words, we are not all an eye. We are not all, we are not all, we don't all have a passion to reach the lost. You know, when you, when you speak to people who have the gift, um, the grace to teach the word of God, they almost have no passion to reach the lost. They are more interested in how you understand things. Do you grasp it? They want to teach you. They are looking for students. They are not looking for souls to save. They want to teach you. They don't want to save you. But give, come to an evangelist. What does he want to do? He wants to save you. He, th he feels you need Jesus more than anything else. He is not interested in teaching you about life. He is interested in making you understand that you need a savior. But he has a different passion. Right? And, and when you come to a prophet, he's interested in the times. He's interested in understanding prophetically what is happening, where we are going. And when he comes, he wants to make sure that the church knows where they are going, what they must do, give them accurate direction, and then make sure that we build according to that. He has a different passion. There is diversity. There is diversity. And, and this is sometimes, and again, this is the challenge. We are not all going to be now prophets. We are not all now going to be apostles. We are now currently in an apostolic season um, that God has birthed within the church. And now, all of a sudden, everybody wants to be apostles. Everybody wants to be like it. Why? Why are we like it? The body is not one member. It is many. There is diversity. Be yourself. Be yourself. That is, that is my encouragement today. Be yourself right within Christ the next point verses uh, 15 if the foot shall say because I am not the hand am 
Am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? <clears throat> so when we, are, when we are insecure, when we, when we have problems, you know, uh, in our own confidence and things like that, then it's easier for us or it's easy to fall for the temptation to be like somebody else. You know, sometimes, sometimes in, in churches you get, they have these sayings of the, the first lady. And then you get all the women almost looking like the first lady. Um, everybody's dressing like her. Everybody's looking like her. You know, no, you may, you may have, a, if you like that taste, if you like how, if that's your style, you like it, you know, you like that taste, it's fine. But if you don't know who you are and you then now happen to dress like somebody else, what's happening? Uh, th th you're going to miss it. I, I, for example, for people who know me, I really don't have a sense of humor. I have my moments. I can laugh. I can make jokes. Um, but really, if you make a joke, I find very few jokes funny. Uh, it's just how I am. And, and I'll sometimes put on a fake smile, you know, and, and just everybody's laughing. But it's just not me. I, uh, I, I sometimes don't even grasp the jokes. It's just, it's just who I am. But, and so I come forth as a very serious person and somebody doesn't perhaps enjoy himself because he doesn't laugh a lot. But, but guess what? I am totally satisfied with who I am, where I am. And I don't need to, I don't need, I don't need to burst out in laughter to be happy and to have joy. And, uh, and, and then when you look at that, we think that everybody must be like that now. Everybody, everybody's not trying to be like, like, like JP, he's got to be serious. You know, that's what it's like to be a Christian. You must be serious. Don't laugh a lot. Don't make jokes and things. No, this is me. You be you. You like jokes, make jokes, right? There's no way to make your jokes and so on. But that's you, but that's not me. And, and we gotta, we got to embrace. And this is the key point, another key point that I want to make. We must embrace diversity. Today, I think in the church, we are threatened by diversity. We don't embrace diversity. We don't accept diversity. The minute it does not look like us and how we do things, then we, 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 we kind of want to break it down that it looks like us. Instead of just looking and firmly looking at it, looking at that person, looking for the Spirit of God in his life, looking for the call of God in his life, look for the mandate that has been given to him, look for the passion that he has that comes from God. And as we find it, then we can welcome God into our lives because God flows through that person. And when we see that, we will embrace each other more. We will, we will welcome the differences within ourselves. And, and that is when people feel more at home. And that's when people feel free to be themselves because we are not trying to make everybody the same uh, as another person. That's... That's, that's important. You need to accept each other. You need to accept the diversities. Um, not everybody preaches the same. You know, sometimes, sometimes we want to make all preachers preach like us. Uh, 
Everybody must, doesn't have to preach like you. Some people like stories. Other people like to break it down. Some people like a lot of verses. Other people don't like a lot of verses. As long as what we are building is scriptural and is theologically sound, it doesn't matter how we want to be. It's, it's how God has graced you. It, it, it depends who God is calling you to reach. And so that's such a, an important point to understand. Verses 16. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, am I not of the body? And is, there, is it therefore not of the body? Um, verses 17. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were a hearing, where were the smelling? So if everybody is now going to be the same, everybody is now going to try and be apostles, where are our, where are our prophets? Where are our teachers? Where are our evangelists? Where are our pastors? If everybody is trying to be some, if everybody is trying to be singers, singers, where are those who make food? If everybody is trying to be politicians, who will be lawyers? If everybody is trying to be the same, where would be the, the, the diversity? Where would be the different expressions? There would be no, we would not really have true community. So there is diversity. We are not all the same. Um, and, and, and when we talk about eye and hearing and smelling, we're talking about function. We're talking about our placement in the body of Christ. Well, our function, some of their function is to see. It, it, it is the emphasis that is upon that person. When an eye, the, the emphasis of an eye and, and its function is that it wants to see. The eye is not interested in hearing. He is interested in seeing. But the ear is not interested in seeing. The ear is interested in hearing. The nose is not interested in hearing or seeing, but it is interested in smelling. And when you put those three together, what do you have? You have sight, you have smell, and you have hearing. You have three things, but when we function in individually, separately, away, not within the unit, what we have is, is that I am the eye, but I lack hearing. I am the eye, but I lack smelling. And I have the inability. So while I can see, I can't recognize that I smell bad. When I'm just focusing on seeing and I'm on my own, I can't recognize that somebody is calling me because I don't function by hearing. I don't have an ear to hear because my function is to see. My function is not to hear. So if I want to hear, I must embrace the ear, right? If I want to, if I want to hear, I must embrace the ear. If I want to smell, if I want to know what I smell like, I must embrace the nose. If I, in the body of Christ, if we want to know the foundational doctrines of the body of Christ or the teachings within the church of Jesus Christ, we have to embrace the apostolic and the prophetic ministries. If we don't embrace them, we will never truly know what are the fundamental and foundational doctrines of the church of Jesus Christ. If we don't embrace them, if we let them go and say, no, we don't need them, we lack foundation. This is... This is the key point that we, that we need to understand. Only, we can only enjoy hearing and smelling when the eye says, I embrace 
the ear. I embrace the nose. Um, this is how we do everything. So now, if you take that, if you take that, if everybody, for example, is trying to reach the poor, everybody's going for that. Who will then teach people within the church of Jesus Christ? Or if, if nobody's interested in politics and everybody is trying to be preachers uh, within the church of Jesus Christ, where will be those who are called into politics, who God has graced to be in those positions? Where will be the Josephs? Where will be the Daniels? Where will be these guys? We won't have them. Why? Because everybody is trying to be the same. We are different. We are diverse. We don't like wearing the same clothes. We don't like, not all of us like the same. Some love dancing. Others don't love dancing. We are so different. Different, different, different. But where, where is the difference in our message? And this is what the Lord said to me. He said to me, your message will differ to another person based upon your function, your calling and your mandate that has been given to you. If I have called you to heal, to, to bring healing to the body of Christ, I will give you my understanding in the word of God based uh, on healing and teach you how to function in healing, how to make it work. And that will be your message will focus on that. Right? So in that I will be different. But some will, some will have the gift of prophecy. So what will happen? He will study the scriptures because he has such a passion for prophecy and to understand it or to, to understand what it is like to be a prophet. He will go and study the scriptures and he will find out how do you prophesy? When do you prophesy? When is it accurate? When is it inaccurate? How do you discern the voice of God? How do you walk with the voice of God? How do you speak and how do you prophesy to people? That will be his, and his message will be different. It will have a slightly different focus. Now what happens is when the guy who focuses on healing and the guy who focuses on prophecy, when they come together, they clash because the eye wants the ear to be like the eye. So the guy who prophesies is trying to make this guy who has this calling for healing to make him almost turn him into a prophet. We don't, we don't realize that subtly this is what we are doing. We don't realize that subtly we try to make people fit like us and be like us because we don't understand where the difference is. And, and, and this is where, and this is where the, the clash comes when we try, when we try to come into this oneness and being the same. Um, um, when we got to go into, when we move towards oneness, move to this place where we are one, where we are one. And uh, so it is in our functions that we are different. And then the Lord said to me, but there are foundational doctrines that are given to the whole church. And in those doctrines, there cannot be differences. They have to be understood in the same way. So for example, the Bible says that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are made God's son. Um, so in the book of Galatians chapter 4, it says you were redeemed. he was born of a woman made under the law that he might redeem us from the law that we might receive our adoption. That means every person that gives his life to Christ 
is meant to be God's son. That means not one person in the body of Christ should, should not understand that he is a son of, he or she is a son of God and it's genderless. So the, that he is a son, she is a son of God. Every believer must understand what that means. Every believer must have the doctrine of Christ. This is why the book of Ephesians chapter 4 says, it says there that, that, um, that we must all come to the knowledge of the Son of God. So what now happens is, what now happens is, is that when someone comes, when we don't understand the foundational doctrines that all of us must have, and someone comes and preaches this doctrine on sonship, and then what we do is we say, no, I, I don't, that's not my focus. My focus is I am called, I am called to, you know, to, reach, to reach people there in another country, there where they are persecuted. That's my calling, and that's where I want to be. When we do that, we, while that may be your call, that may be your mandate, that is where God is sending you. The issue is you must still understand that you are a son. We are not all apostles, but we are all sons of God. We are not all prophets, but we are all sons of God. We are not all um, these. We are not all politicians, but if you are saved, you are a son of God. We are not all. I'm speaking now in the body of Christ. We are not all lawyers. If you are saved and you are a lawyer, we may not all be lawyers, but we are all sons of God. That is a doctrine that is universal. It must go throughout the body. Every single believer must understand what it means to be God's son. Uh, another example is the Bible says that we are the church. That means if you are saved, you must understand what it means to be the church. The doctrine of the church, you must have that understanding. It's foundational. You can't get away from it. That is where we have, must have oneness in understanding. Um, for example, the Bible says you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. We are kings and priests. Every believer is a king and every believer is a priest. Right? Your pastor is not your priest. You are a priest. Right? Um, but not everybody is a pastor. But everybody is a priest. So, in terms of kingship and priesthood, every believer must understand that he is a king and every believer must have the doctrine of priesthood. What it means to be a priest. What it means to be a priest on behalf of God. What it means to be a king for God. And the doctrine is the same. It doesn't matter where you're Pentecostal, charismatic, apostolic. We are all kings. We all need to understand it. It doesn't matter. You were saved yesterday. You were saved 10 years ago. If you've never heard the doctrine you know, of your kingship, you need to understand that. We all need that same similar understanding. And, but whether when we are not all called, uh, again, like I say, to be a prophet, we are not all called to be prophets, so we might not be so interested in, be, in, in, in grasping what it means to be a prophet. But where things are foundational, we must understand it the same. So, so while I'm saying there's oneness, I'm also saying there is distinction. There is differences um, that we must embrace, right? We must embrace these differences. Let's, let's go on to verses uh, 18. 
But now as God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. This, this is, a, is, is amazing because, because what it is saying is God is the one that determines your mandate, your calling, your gifting, and he sets you in that way. And we cannot interfere with how God has set you, designed you, configured you, put you together. We cannot interfere with that. In the spirit, I'm, I'm speaking now. And when God has called you to reach a certain group of people, or whether it is to speak to pastors, or whether it is to, to travel to the nations, or just be in one place, or to work with people in business, doesn't matter what it is, if that's what God has called you, graced you to do, I cannot interfere with that, right? Because God sets the members, everyone in their place, right? Where as it has pleased Him and as He has chosen, um, as He has chosen them to fulfill the need that He has and that He sees. That, that is so, so important to understand that and and this is why when we talk about discerning the body, when the Bible says you have not discerned the body, we are not necessarily saying when you, when you gather with your brothers and sisters, can you not see that the person in front of you is saved? Can you not see that he is the church of Jesus Christ? You know, um, that's not what it means. The discerning of the body is discerning the function, the mandate, the call, the grace locked up within a person. Can you, can you recognize that this person is called to be an economic advisor? Can you discern that that's his calling from, that, that's, that's his unique mandate given to him by God? And that's his grace, and that's how he thinks, and that's how his mind is put together. He has certain talents and giftings that are put so that he could fulfill that function. Can you discern that? If you cannot discern that, then you have not discerned the body of Christ. Right? We are not talking about discerning whether the person is a male or female or whether the person is saved. We are talking about discerning function. And when we cannot discern the function of another, we cannot embrace that person because in that person, that is how Christ will come to you. Because Christ stands in that person, in that way, the wisdom of God regarding economics is within that person. And if you want to know the wisdom of God regarding economics, you will somehow have to connect to that person, hear what that person has to say, hear the mind of God, the counsel of God. This is, this is, the, this is the thing. We need to discern each other. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you we, we subtly want each other to be like each other. And, uh, and that's a challenge. Uh, let me go on here in verses 19. It says, And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are there many members, yet but one body. Listen to this, verse 21. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Now this is what happens. This is now the danger when we discover our unique calling, when we discover our personal mandates that has been given to us, our giftings, 
when we discover how diverse, what it is that God has for us, we've come to realize we are hand, we come to realize we are called, you know, we are called to, um, to reach those on the streets, or we are called to write music and put songs together and deliver a message and bring Christ in that way, or when we have discovered that, no, we have the call for a prophet and God has called us to travel to the nations and, and so on. And, and we, we discover that and we find it and we develop it and we build it strong and we, and we do it. The, what happens now is when we discover who we are, we now all of a sudden, if we don't understand that we belong to a body, we all of a, all of a sudden we begin to function as a hand in isolation. And now we say, I am the hand, I do not need the eye. Can the hand say to the eye, I don't need you? Can you, who have discovered who you are, and you are coming forth in it, and you are distinct, and we can see that God is using you, can you dare say that you don't need the body? You cannot say that. If you are saying that, it means, I'm telling you what's happening to you, is you're becoming proud, and you don't understand that you don't understand your weakness. Because you're a hand, you can't see. But you can't realize your weakness. You have to discover your weakness. You have to discover also your strength. So what this verse is telling me in verses 21, the eye must come forth skillfully as an eye. The eye must be able to see accurately the eye must not have blind spot, must not be blurry. It must be clear, it must be accurate. It must be able to articulate what it is seeing. The eye must be able to do It's the, the strength of the eye is that it can see. But the weakness of the eye is that it can't hear. Now when you're, a, when you're functioning as a prophet and you're doing it to your best, don't make the mistake of thinking that you don't need apostles or don't make the mistake of thinking you don't need evangelists or, or teachers or pastors when you functioning when you functioning your unique gifting don't make the mistake to think that you don't need somebody else and and don't make the mistake of saying that you are jack of all trades because the problem in the body of christ is that we have the jack of all trades but we have the master of none now, those, we are those who are coming forth in their gifting, but the general, the general thing that's happening in the body of Christ is that everybody's trying to be everything. And that we are getting, we need you to be a master in who you are. I want to tell you that. I want to tell you, we need you to do what you do at its best. But at the same time, we need you also to understand that without the rest, you are incomplete. That is what we need to understand in that oneness. One of the ways that I can really, um, that really is, is, is also quite clear for me, you know, into explaining what it means to be one. The Bible says that when a man leaves his father and his mother, he shall cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one. So the word oneness or one is not related to a single person or an individual. It always takes more than a single person to have oneness. So that's why when a man leaves, he's single, but he marries his wife, 
Then they are two, and the two shall become one. Oneness is a corporate word. It is not a word that is for an individual. Just like I can tell you, you as an individual, you are not the church of Jesus Christ. The church is a corporate word. It is not an individual word. Right? Now, in, in marriage, when we are one, while we are one, we are not necessarily the same. I am a husband and I have a wife. It's two different functions within the marriage. But we are not this, we are different, but yet the Bible says we are one. Um, my wife has different, different um, abilities, talents, giftings to me. I have some that are different than hers. But we are, we are said that we are one. And in our differences, in our giftings, we are trying to achieve the same thing. And uh, over the years, uh, when I married my wife, um, we, we weren't, uh, I, I struggled with planning and organizing. That was really my weakness. But my wife is very good at that. And, but in oneness, our weaknesses are covered by the strength of another. And in oneness, and in not being threatened by my wife's ability to plan and to organize, as it's my weakness, when I was not threatened by that, and I could, I could join her ability to my ability, so that it can remove my weakness, and in oneness, while my weakness is, my weakness is covered by her strength, in oneness, you will not come across what is my weakness. And that, is, and that has happened so many times. So many times when we organize functions, my wife and I, we do it together. She brings the ability to plan, to organize, and so on. And when we do it together, people don't come, and when they, when they come to me at the function, they don't say, they don't say, Yo, JP, you have a weakness to, to, you know, to, to organize. Because they can't see it. Why? Because my wife and I, we fun function as a unit. So nobody comes across that I have a weakness. Why? Because my weakness is covered in oneness. And the, so I, uh, what I'm saying to you is, while you need to discover your strength, you need to be humble enough to discover your weakness. And then embrace those who have that strength that can fill the gap in your weakness. It's only when we bring the body together that we can have the full expression of Christ. I'm telling you, oneness is diversity, but achieving the same goal in a different way. And, and I please, I, I, I beg you, I hear what I'm telling you by the Spirit. We need to be one, but don't misunderstand that. You can be who you want to be, as long as you know how to function within a unit. And, and that is just, that's just something that we need, we need to, we need to, we need to see that. We can be distinct. We need you to be distinct. We need you to be who you were meant to be. We need to embrace each other. We need not to attack each other. Um, someone doesn't do something the way you do it. Don't attack that person. Encourage that person. 
see how you can come alongside that person and help that person to come forth, to come forward. Because if we are going to be a body, we need every member to function in their mandate, calling, and gifting. We don't want to be like those, those um, people in the, in, the, in the Bible when we read about Jesus going to a man, his hand is, his hand is uh, lame, he's, he can't walk. That means, that means while the rest of his body, is, the upper body is functioning, the rest of his lower body is totally dead, unable to function. That's not a full body. Right? We need every member to function, function, function. And uh, so today I want to encourage you with those words. I want to bring clarity there. Uh, don't be afraid to be part of a body. Don't be afraid to be part of a family. Uh, don't be afraid of that. But don't be afraid of somebody being different than you. Don't be afraid of that. Um, also, don't reject that. Accept one another in our diversities, in our distinctions, but function together as a unit. So, as I close off now, um, as I close off and just want to pray with you, I want to just let you know that let's all understand what we are call, called to, to do together as a corporate family, but let's also understand who we are individually and how together we can fulfill what God is calling us to do for Him. Um, I encourage you again, please find out who you are. Please discover yourself. Discover your gifting. Discover your mandate. Discover your, your personal purpose. But situate it within the corporate purpose of God so that we can fulfill both the corporate call and the individual call of God in our lives. I bless you. If you have been felt rejected, frustrated, um, because you are unable to express yourself, perhaps it was because of all these misunderstandings. I, 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 I want to encourage you today to let it go. If you were offended, um, let it go. Make peace with it. You have to learn how to function individually, but learn how to function within a team, a unit, or a family. I bless you with those words. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that as I share this word, I pray that they will not hear me, but they will hear what you are saying. I pray that as I have shared this word, that those who struggle um, with the frustration uh, and the misunderstanding that they need to be like somebody else, and have been frustrated because they were unable to express themselves and to discover themselves. I pray that you will help them to, to become free today. I pray that you will help them to bring that healing will come in those areas. I know that sometimes these things can make us that we are offended, uh, misunderstood, um, because we do not understand who we are. And when we don't understand who we are, we don't function People misunderstand us because we are, not, we are not giving off a clear sound. So I pray, Father, for clarity 
in every person's life that is listening to this message. Give them clarity. Give them clarity of what they are called to do, where you want to use them, but also give them clarity and understanding how they should situate it within a family. For you call us all to be part of families. Father, I bless, I bless those who are watching. I thank you for the healing. I thank you for the freedom in the spirit to be themselves. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. So, God bless you. Um, thank you for listening today. Um, we will be back uh, next week, same time, same place. And enjoy the rest of your week. Amen.